Welcome to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors, Leaders Made Here. It is fabulous. Thank you, Jeff. So let's get started. A little bit of A to Z of standing rules. So let's talk, go back to some of the basics that happen in regards to standing rules. So let's talk about the, the basics. When we start off our networks, we do something that's called chartering. So whether you're one-year-old, whether you're an eight-year-old network, you were chartered. And so in Robert's Rules of Order, so there's some basic things that happen, and we use three pieces with our networks. We charter you, we create a set of bylaws that are standard, and those are dropped to you by national. It's a fill-in-the-blank type of thing. There is a local model network bylaws. Nothing changes. It's a fill-in-the-blank. Your network name goes in there. Your information of what you charge on the local level goes there, what the state charges is put in there, and the national amounts put in there. Other than that, there's standard across the board. There is not anything that in regards to bylaws at the local or state level that's different. And when we pass these, they're uniform across the board, except for the things I'm talking about. So again, you get chartered, your original chartering document, you have your bylaws. Don't be looking for your original charting document. If you still have it, great. It was sent to you on a piece of paper. It's in a frame. It sort of basically tells you that you had permission to become a network. You had your, you got your given name and you were started. Bylaws, again, this is what typically if you go to the bank and you're opening a new bank account and you want to say, this is the name for the account, they look at your bylaws because that's what your name, your name is on there. If members want to know how much you charge, you can pull out your bylaws if you forget. Standing rules. Standing rules are the last set of rules to be created within any network. And probably most of you need to go over your standing rules at this time because with all the changes that we've made in the last couple of years, I can bet you a thousand dollars that your standing rules are in conflict with the network operation models, whether it be that be the local or soon as of January 1st, the incoming state network bylaws. So you need to understand that. So these these are for the best way to describe it is the management and administration of your network. So I'll give you a simple example. Members, you have members, you come to a meeting and you want to say that all uh, members must wear an official name tag to get into the meeting. Okay. So then you turn around and you can create a standing rule that says at all events, members must wear an official name tag. As simple as that, something that is administrative. It's really just a way <coughs> for people to understand how, how to operate and how to, how to do things. And so when we talk about standing rules, it's really about keeping the continuity of the organization so that when new members come onto the governing board, they don't have to continually ask longtime members, not that you don't want to get some history and always get information from your past leaders, but you're not calling them saying, what do we do? When do we do it? How often do we do it? What do we charge those people? What, what do we charge non-members? What do we charge members for our events? Those are the things that are meant to be put in your standing rules. They're really, as I said, to, about administering the network affairs. And remember, they cannot be, your standing rules cannot be in conflict with your network operating guidelines that we have. They can be, they're flexible. That's the nice part about standing rules. They are flexible. They can be changed at any governing board meeting as long as the, you're noticed about it. Or if there is no notice and you're in a meeting and you're discussing something and realize that something needs to be adjusted in your standing rules, it can be done as long as there's two thirds um, 
vote. It's supposed to say vote there, not note. So vote if there was not a previous notice. So they're there to serve as a guide. They're there to be, and many people sometimes think of them as an operational guide. So they're there to guide your network along. And when you do seamless transition each year and you're in the midst of doing this now, you're, you're here getting trained for 2021, this helps ensure seamless transition and seamless transfer of duties from one year to the next. It just helps keeping the flow moving and going along because everybody can go back and reference, oh, I understand, this is what we're gonna charge um, members for a meeting. This is what we're going to charge non-members for our events. So it's very clear and put into those type of situations. The next piece, let's discuss some of the next items. So as I said, your standing rules can't be in conflict with the network operating model. So you have to remember that you have your local network ones, you have your state network. So whatever applies to you, please make sure you pull this information and pull it up. You wanna make sure that when you are looking at your standing rules and working as a governing board, working as a future team to review this, pull your local network operating model. Pull out your current standing rules. Are they in conflict? You should go down each point of these and make sure that you have items that match up. Same with the state network. You want to make sure that what you're saying in your standing rules does not conflict. Or is there items in here that you need to spell out for administrative purposes in your standing rules? So standing rules really address four key things. Deadlines, assignments and job duties, locations, or timing of events, and fees, what you're gonna charge. Not your membership fees. We're talking, again, what I said earlier, you have your industry events, we're talking for local networks. What are you charging for your members? What are you charging for non-members? Are you doing, which has always been highly recommended, charging an early bird charge versus uh, someone that's coming to your, uh, signing up for your event a week before? So what are your fees? They should be there so that everybody can reference them. So there's no question on what they are. So let's give an example of some standing rules for a local network. So on the one side of your screen, you're gonna see the local couple, three points that, came, that I pulled just directly from the local network operating standards. And then you have the local network standing rules. So what you would create. So, What's come directly from the model is the first one. Conduct a minimum of six mission-focused events annually. Four industry events, two events focused on networking relationship building. Yes, you can do more than that. But this is minimum standard. That's the minimum standard. So we're going, I'm going to build the standing rule based on the minimum standard. Minimum standard for the standing rule is the local network will conduct six mission-focused events bi-monthly. Because remember I talked about, it talks about Timing, deadlines, when is this going to happen? On the third Thursday of the month. And the months are January, March, May, July, September, November. That's an example of taking the operating model and putting what you want to say into a standing rule so that each year the local network can operate and know that they're going to have an event bi-monthly on the third Thursday of the month. It's set up there. Your members know. You can publish it. People on the governing board know when it's gonna happen, it becomes predictable. Another one is your governing board meetings. Per the model at the local level, you have to have a minimum of four meetings per year. 
Well, this network says the governing board will meet bi-monthly on the second Tuesday of the month. They chose to have six governing board meetings a year. The minimum standard is four. They went bi-monthly for the second Tuesday of the month. It's set in stone. You could also put a time in there. It could be one o'clock. You could put a location in your standing rule if you want to get that specific. You can amend them as needed, but you can get that specific. But again, this is for administrative purposes so you can operate clearly. Another point in this operating model is that you have to be using as a local network, you must use and maintain the website provided by national. If you have a secondary website or social media, these must link to the site provided by national. So the question administratively is who's gonna take care of this? Website and social media will be maintained by the technology product team leader. So you have a clear direction on how this is gonna happen. So you have the, the concept, and you have the function that's going to happen. One of the things the operating model doesn't talk about, which is a key piece that happens in standing rules, is talking about expenses. So I use some examples here so you can get an idea of what that would look like for your standing rules. Expense reports need to be submitted within 30 days of the expense to the treasurer. All receipts must be attached to the report. Expense reports will be approved and paid within 15 days of receipt. Daily meal stipend for travel to conferences will be $50 a day. So this is where you put the administrative specific items that as a governing board, you would vote on and agree on as needed for something like expenses. So these are where you put that type of item. I will take questions in regards to all of this, but we'll go over the end because obviously this is a rapid fire bit of a session. So let's go to the state networks because I know some of you are on here from state networks. So let's talk about the operating standards for state networks. Again, local networks, still keep in mind what I'm saying here and the examples I'm giving are for you to think about how something like this would apply to you. So the state network, they're required to conduct at least one membership meeting a year. Well, this state network, when they built their standing rule says, they shall conduct two membership meetings per year in conduct, conjunction with the State Association of Realtors spring and fall meetings. So we know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen at the same time. It's going to be attached to the state realtor meetings. We also talk about in regards to this standard, um, the operating standard, they have to conduct an annual orientation for state and local leaders. And it can be done in conjunction with the leadership development training program which point two offers about they have to offer an annual leadership development, development and training program. So the, the standing rule that matches those points that can be created is the annual state orientation and annual leadership development program for members will be a two-day event conducted the two days before the start of the fall membership. Specific, date and time. They know when this is gonna happen. It's a clear piece that people can administrate and follow along with. One of the requirements for this state operating model is they have to submit an annual business plan to the national liaison. They also have to submit during the fourth quarter an annual budget for the following year and an actual set of budgets for the current year. So here you have a specific item and actually a date and time when it will be, ha be happen. The annual business plan for the budget for the next year and the current year actuals will be submitted to the national liaison by the leadership team by December 15th. So it's time and specific how that can happen. So I know you all probably have a lot of questions in regards to this and I want to be able to see all of you. So I'm going to bring you back on my screen so I can see you. Okay. Standing rules. A to Z. Tell me 
what questions I can answer for you. You have a raise your hand feature, so make sure you raise your hand if you have questions so that I can help answer those for you. There we go. Katie. Hi, Heather. Kate Kelly, hey. North Metro Denver. Um, I had a quick question, and it was one that came up in the chat box. Similar to having a template for the local bylaws, is there any sort of template or framework for standing rules? It is something that has been discussed by the leadership team. I know that it is something that, based on the local network and the new state network model, that I believe that it, it, they're going to be working towards. Awesome. So, there was a there was a task group that worked on this. So it's something that I know a template would very much help many of you. So you don't have to recreate the wheel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Heather. It's Elise from Northeast Ohio. Hi. Hi. Question. As far as we pivoted and shifted to virtual and online, what are your thoughts on putting any of that into standing rules? I would put, because again, standing rules can be adjusted at a governing board meeting. So as long as you Prior, you have your, your meeting coming out. You have the items that are going to be covering at your governing board. You could announce, okay, we're going to add these, this piece. We're going to deal with the virtual items and add these pieces. Or, um, again, two-thirds of a vote at your governing board meeting to add them or, or remove stuff from your standing rules. Standing rules don't necessarily have to be taken in front of your entire general membership. This is stuff, again, this is the administrative, sometimes we call it an operation piece of your network. So because of the virtual environment, if you're saying you're going to do these certain things virtually and you want to have um, those items into your standing rules because this, could, this is not going to end anytime soon of this heavy virtual environment, you may want to adjust your standing rules to, to have that piece. Okay. Thank you. Anna Ferguson. Good afternoon. This is Anna Ferguson from Baltimore. Hi. Hi. All right. So with... Um, going piggybacking on a lease mm -hmm. with the new rules, with the new normal. I don't even know what world we're in right it's now. The new so now. Just, just call it the new in now. The new now in the new now. In the new now, I have. To, I know we're going to have to discuss how we're going to do elections because we can't do it face to face. So, recommendation from you, Miss Heather Ozur, mm -hmm. is that we sit down, have a come to whatever deity you follow and discuss how we are going to do the election, either it be electronic or mail-in or how, whatever have you, because it needs to be in your, the your bylaws allow you. Your bylaws allow you to do a voting electronically. So you can set up something to be able to do that. So the bylaws allow it, but mm -hmm. our standing rules, which is our day-to-day -day activity, may or may not have it. But as long as it's in the bylaws, which are our which your, are your our governing your governing document our um, governing documents are the governing document and so when we create recreated those we made sure that your bylaws would allow for electronic voting awesome. it's nef nothing that we ever really said okay it's there but we knew with times and everything else that that piece was there so your bylaws allow for it based on especially in the situation you're in so you can conduct an, a, a virtual event and have a virtual election. You could do it by voice vote, or you can do it by a ballot or a poll situation using something like Zoom. And so if you need help with something like that, Anna, I'm happy to walk you through how you can run a whole election by Zoom. Thank you. I'll definitely talk to you. Okay, not a problem. Next, I have Tracy Hurst from Texas. 
Hey, Heather. Hi, Tracy how are Hurst, you? Tyler, Texas. Good. I was following up on one of the chats. You had mentioned putting in the standing rules about what fees for events would be. Mm-hmm. What if based on, obviously, each event doesn't cost the same? How do you go about You don't have, you don't, but things like we highly have recommended from the get go in regards to local networks, you should charge an early bird charge and you should charge a late bird charge. And and the biggest one is you should charge members one price and non-members another price. Instead of maybe putting an amount down, you could have something like the difference between member pricing and non-member pricing will be a minimum of $25. Okay. You can have a minimum like uh, between the early cost and the late cost for everybody, member or non-member, the difference will be $15. So it's, it's so that whatever you're charging, you have a clear plan of what you're going to do in regards to that. Okay. That makes okay. sense. So Thank you. That, those are some of the, if you go back to what you're all going to learn in the next couple of days about how to run your local networks, and I'll speak to that more than the st- state networks, is you will hear time and time again in regards to your events that you should be charging members and non-members a significantly difference in price, or there is no member value. Okay? So this is where you can put that in there so that someone can't say, but no, we should only charge a $5. No, our standing rules say we should charge this. We're very clear of why we're doing this. Okay. okay. Great, Great. Thank you. You're welcome, Tracy. I have Sabina from San Francisco. Hello, Heather. Hi. Information. I have a question regarding the elections that coming out for president-elect for the next year that I have to pick. So we have a slight problem that the president-elect that we wanted to pick. So due to COVID, that president-elect running through some personal issues. Mm -hmm. So we have to look for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's really tough right now due to we can't even meet anybody to recruit or just to see. I mean, we blast the email. But what would be the last day where we can run elections? Because we scheduled it for August. So now we moved it to September. What I'm pulling, local network, I pulled out, this is what I pulled out, is the local network operating model, because I can't remember if the date is in there, if when the elections have to be conducted by. I want to say, in my head, I want to say it is uh, September, but I cannot remember off the top of my head. So if you need an extension in regards to the timing for your elections, you would want to just inform your state what's going on. So you're California, you want to let inform your district vice president and or governor, whoever's working with you, that you're having a delay in when you can run your elections. Got it. Compared to what the model is. So, okay. Next, I have Jamie Saltman. Hi. Nice job. Thanks, Jamie. Um, question. I've been monitoring the chat and it has come up a number of times. I've tried to answer the question, but it it seems to keep coming up. So the question is, who votes on the standing rule changes and how much notice do you need to give to be able to do that? No problem. Standing rules do not need to be taken in front of your entire membership. They are administrative documents that can be dealt with by your governing board. So in regards to standing rules, you can, prior to you to your governing board meeting, you're putting out an agenda. That's where you would put the notice that you'd want to make some changes or adjustments to the standing rules. Let's even back up a step before that. Remember, local networks, you can have project teams. There should be a project team that is working on your standing rules. Typically, we call it bylaws and standing rules. But again, I will remind you that you typically are not touching your bylaws unless you're coming to national saying, we want to charge $5 more in our membership fee. 
That's the only reason you're changing your bylaws is that you're changing something like this or you've decided for some reason there's a need to change your name. So instead of being Women's Council Realtors Long Beach, you become Women's Council Realtors Greater Long Beach. Okay, so there's a reason for that type of change. So put bylaws aside, standing rules. You're dealing with your standing rules. You just have to give notice that you're making those changes. So hopefully the project team has, has a report ready to go of the five things that need to be adjusted into your standing rules or items that need to be added. Then at your governing board meeting, it's on the agenda. You're voting on it then. So all it takes is member 51% for something to move forward in regards to a vote. If there was no notice given and you're in a governing board meeting and you realize that something needs to be changed in your standing rules, an administrative change, remember, standing rules are administrative and management in nature, then it requires a two-thirds vote of that governing board. Okay? Jamie, does that help answer that question? I see you bought your head bobbing yes, so. Yes, I think so. And the okay. other question... I believe elections need to be done by October 15th. I'm still looking for that answer. Yeah, I thank you, because I could not find it while quickly glancing, but I, I, my head was saying October 15th, but I didn't want to say a really late date when, I, when it could be earlier. So thank you, Jamie. Okay, I have Amy Alvarez from Florida. You have your hand raised. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for doing this. This is awesome. My question was very quick. You said two-thirds vote. My question was, is it executive Board, your, go your governing board consists of, remember, go back to always to your model operations. You should pull those down. They're very important. Your governing board consists of the four officers, which is your president, president-elect, secretary, and treasurer, plus the program director, the membership director. That's your governing board. That's it. Okay. Governing board needs to meet a minimum of four times a year. I use an example that in standing rules to complement that operating. I said this governing board for fictitious network was choosing to meet six times a year. So I said they were meeting bi-monthly on the second Tuesday of each month. Quorum for your governing board is three realtor members of the governing board and must include the president or president elect. This piece of paper here is not your standing rules. This is your operating model. This is, this is your guide to everything. And this is what rules how you operate your local network. That's why I keep saying your standing rules cannot be in conflict with this document. Or if you're a state, this document. Amy, does that answer your question? Awesome. Okay. Other questions? We got, I got less than 30 seconds. Who's got an, one more question? Can we have a parliamentary class? Because this was fun. I enjoyed this. <laughs> Good. Good. Thank you. This it was, is it was absolutely rapid fire. great. Rapid this fire. So if you all have any questions, I am always reachable, Heather at heatherosier.com. Um, and my, you can reach out, find me on Facebook or wherever else you need me. I'm here to answer any of your questions. Always happy to do so. Remember, you need to log out of this session, log back into the links that were sent to you regarding the next session that you want to participate in. It was wonderful seeing all your many, many faces. I hope you do well. Excuse me? Yes. Are you sending those, um, the, the, sorry, I need coffee. <laughs> Are you sending the, um, hands out the presentation you made today? The PowerPoint presentation? The PowerPoint presentation. Um, yeah, the actual, uh, get a PDF version of the PowerPoint presentation. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. it You're welcome. Awesome. Thank you.
So if you have any questions, reach out. Good luck to all of you. Enjoy your virtual network 360. Thank you, Heather. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors. Leaders made here.